we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our emergency freedom alerts for February 7th, 2022. Next report, and um, I entitled it, This Explains So Much, 5G-powered graphene-based nanotech in the Pfizer vaccine. Forced transhumanism of society is now happening. Okay, again, a little lighthearted title there. So let's go ahead and hear this. The fifth column recently published their findings and conclusions on the strange self-assembling nanotech they discovered in the Pfizer mRNA vaccines via optical microscopy analysis. The objects they found in the vaccine correspond with known items in the scientific record. And the conclusion they come to seems quite clear that the well-documented scientific goal to use. Now, unfortunately, this these Alex Jones videos are not working very good on my computer, but they're showing pictures of what he's talking about in the background of these actual like these actual rectangular and square nanobots or nanochips in the vaccine. In the COVID-19 vaccines which amounts to the most intrusive assault against humanity in all of recorded history. While the media and government lie and cover for Big Pharma, the official ingredients are still unknown. But we have thousands of brilliant scientists worldwide studying these experimental vaccines. Some have died in highly suspicious ways, but most have been able to share their findings. And the work shows us that graphene oxide is a key component in all of this. There have been dozens of official documented studies on the use of graphene oxide related to how we see it being used here today. Among other things, as a power converter. Graphene, a one atom thick layer of hexagonally arranged carbon atoms, is the thinnest and strongest material known to man and an outstanding conductor of heat and electricity. It can boost gigahertz frequencies into terahertz, which is exactly what these new nanotech machines need for power. Exactly. In order to do this, the graphene first needs a frequency to power it. And the optimal frequency to externally power graphene is known to be 26 gigahertz, which is also the frequency put out by 5G. Exactly. In this model, the graphene within the body is activated by microwave signals in the gigahertz range which it then boosts into the terahertz range, which then powers the novel nanotech machinery to self-assemble within the human body. <clears throat> Once assembled, what do these nanotech machines do? The images, compared to the scientific literature, suggest that they are the foundation of an internal electronic system with an endless potential for biomanipulation of the human host. Nanorooters that emit MAC addresses able to be registered via Bluetooth, nano and plasma antennas to amplify signals, nano rectennas acting as rectifier bridges from AC to DC current, codecs and logic gates for encryption of communication. The raw material for all this self-assembly is also graphene oxide. And when we compare known side effects of graphene oxide to the side effects of the COVID-19 vaccines, we find them to be the same. Once graphene oxide is injected into the body, it acquires magnetic properties, predictably around the injection site, the heart, and the brain. Yep. 
Graphene is seen as a pathogen by our immune system and will often result in paralysis and stroke. Graphene is known to cause blood clots and heart conditions. Graphene oxide can generate small discharges causing cardiac arrhythmia. There is so much going on with these experimental vaccines and the evidence seems clear that there is a mass experiment going on with certain batches marked more deadly than others and with certain batches that contain a bold new technology akin to a man-made parasite intended to control the host human if it doesn't kill them first in the process. Perhaps that is what the mad scientists and psychopaths are after. Human genetics that can withstand this new invasive and deadly nanotech. Yes. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Yeah. Um, I couldn't stop on that and comment because it's the, the videos right now are so messed up. Uh, some kind of, I don't know, something that InfoWars needs to correct. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, that pretty much... As far as the nanotech, the technological side of these kill shots, that pretty much summed it up. And again, if, if you've got this componentry in you, that makes you part machine, which theoretically would make you a cyborg. Because a cyborg is part human, part machine. Not to mention what it's doing to defile your DNA. And the fact that they're cultured off aborted babies, or use aborted babies in their process and then that's just a couple different aspects of the wickedness of these shots uh next report update on the COVID agenda legal actions uh proceeds start soon plus COVID agenda pushback updates <clears throat> okay so this is from this reiner the attorney reiner fulmick i believe he's german and this is update on the legal actions they're taking now here's the thing I, again i'm not against this what we're talking about i'm not against all the attorneys that are going after these people or all the mds or the alternative doctors that are trying to expose i mean i'm trying to do a very similar thing it's just where does this end up for reiner fulmick this attorney where does it end up for dr sherry tempany where does it end up for michael flynn or david wilcock or mike adams or alex jones i believe where this is going to take us ultimately is into the new world order how we get there i can't 100 be sure i've given you my theories and these types of things but this great mass awakening that we're seeing take place i think is what gets us there so again i i'm going to play this and just this is a very short clip here and then i'm going to play another one from him because um he actually came out with uh, a further updated video next, and I think it's good to know this information, but just bear in mind, take it with a grain of salt because of where this all potentially is gonna end up. We have an international group of lawyers that will start an international judicial proceeding very soon, probably at the end of next week, and there will be a real judge, real lawyers, real expert witnesses, and real witnesses who will testify to the damage they suffered because of the measures, in particular, because of the shots. I am confident that through this proceeding, we will get indictments against these defendants whom we consider dangerous war criminals. But it is much more important to get out the whole truth of what is, of what is happening to the people of the world so that they can see the whole picture. Because it is we, the people, who will stop this. No one else. 
and we the people will have to disconnect from this totally okay, again it's this great awakening it's we the people the lord jesus christ is nowhere mentioned in any of this i mean if you're truly trying to battle evil don't you want to call upon the lord jesus christ because anything else is absolutely man centered and this is what i see this movement being now there's a lot of people that are mingling a lot of new age stuff and new age jargon in with this or maybe calling upon the ascended masters or these archangels or whatever they say but anything that's not rooted in the lord jesus christ i'm going to be suspect of it because it's man-centered and ultimately gives no glory to god corrupt and criminal system and create our own system of healthcare economics this is this own system of healthcare that i just mentioned before alternative healthcare kind of what I came out of. I guarantee you there's going to be massive new age components to this. I had to fight it all the time to stay. I, I came out of it and, you know, you go to like the, um, I go to get my continuing education credits uh, that I had to do every two years. You had to get like 40 hours. And I mean, so much of the stuff at the conventions are, you know, potentially new age or just trying to pull you back in constantly into that paradigm and it, it was it was hard to do education and of course a whole new judiciary it's happening already this is happening in our communities and in our regions the only place where we can tailor make this new society so that it fits perfectly a new society hmm Again, is there any Bible for a godly, wonderful, new society rising up in the end times and defeating the wicked, evil cabal? No, but I see the New World Order and the Antichrist and the false prophet and many false uh, apostles or, or false uh, prophets and these types of things that Jesus warns about in Matthew 24 arising. And if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. I see a lot of that. I see a lot where the Bible talks about the falling away of the church in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and that wicked being revealed and God sending the strong delusion that they will believe a lie. I see a lot of that though. I see what it says in the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation about the end times. So um, I'm telling you, although I'm not opposed, obviously, to this wicked evil cabal going down and being exposed obviously i'm not opposed to it but i see biblically though where this ultimately ends up well and of course we must get rid of the globalist structures through which the davos clique mr global is desperately trying to gain complete control over us this i believe is the only way to get out and get up see and understand what is really going on and take action based upon what we can see Turn from, turn away from the criminal Davos clique and its puppets and create something brand new, completely independent of this rotten system. We will get help, and I, and I believe it will it'll be very powerful help, but we have to get moving. Our criminal proceeding... I wonder what that very powerful help's going to be. ...will bring out the truth through a judicial proceeding and will hopefully be a motivator for all of us in our communities and our regions to disconnect from the global criminals and their system and create something much better and finally much more humane.
There will be lots of cleanup work to do, and we as lawyers will be happy to do that. But again, the turnaround can only be achieved by all of us. I, it can be done, and it will be done. And I'm confident that our judicial proceeding will be a very powerful catalyzer for this. Thank you. <coughs> I mean, I'm assuming what he's referring to there is where they prosecute the wicked evil cabal of the old world order and bring them to justice, kind of like the Nuremberg trials of the Nazis. That type of stuff. It's going to sound like the next best thing since sliced bread, I'm sure. If they're able to pull it off, if <clears throat> it goes that way. But then we have another update from him, Reiner Fulmuk's opening statements. This is um, at the grand jury of COVID crimes against humanity, Nuremberg 2.0 trial. They're even re referencing Nuremberg there. So I'm going to play about almost eight minutes of this because, I mean, yeah, I mean, what he's saying, I'm not going to argue with uh, at all. <clears throat> it's just, how are we going to get to this utopia? that you're talking about here. It's not through the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not through any biblical means. Anybody that would really know their Bible should be thinking, red flag, red flag, this doesn't sound right. I don't see any Bible for this. You compare everything with scripture. Okay, you're like the Bereans who are more noble than those in Thessalonica because they sought the things out in the scripture to see if they were so. They were commended for that. The Bereans. Well, this is how we want to be. Line upon line, precept upon precept. We want to reference the word of God to see, is there Bible for this? Can I see, you know, is, is, is it the hoof prints of Satan that I see? Or do I see the Bible clearly indicating this is going to happen? And I'm just telling you, there's... <laughs> woo, um, okay, so I'm going to play this to almost the eight-minute mark. It's a good summary that he's going to go over. Good afternoon. My name is Rainer Fümich, and it is my pleasure to serve as one member of a group of distinguished international attorneys and lawyers who have been collaborating on this very important case for many months now. <clears throat> this case, involving the most heinous crimes against humanity committed under the guise of a corona pandemic on a global scale, looks complicated only at first glance. But when you put together all those pieces, all those little pieces of the puzzle, as we will do this for you with the help of many renowned experts and other witnesses during this proceeding, you will see four sets of facts. One, there is no corona pandemic, but only a PCR test plandemic fueled by an elaborate psychological operation designed to create a constant state of panic among the world's population. This agenda has been long planned. It's ultimately unsuccessful. Precursor was the swine flu some 12 years ago. And it was cooked up by a group of super rich, psychopathic and sociopathic people who hate and fear people at the same time, have no empathy, and are driven by the desire to gain full control over all of us, the people of the world. They are using our governments and the mainstream media, both of which they literally own, to convey their panic propaganda 24-7. Two, the virus itself can be treated safely and effectively with vitamin C, D, zinc, etc., and also with off-label use of ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, etc. 
But all these, not alternative methods of treatment, but real methods of treatment, were banned by those who are using the guise of this pandemic to push their ultimate goal, which is to get everyone to receive the, as we will show in this proceeding, not only ineffective, but highly dangerous, yes, lethal, experimental injections. Three, the same people who made the swine flu, which ultimately turned out to be a mild flu, into a pandemic 12 years ago by first changing the definition of what a pandemic is and then creating panic, created this corona pandemic. The swine flu was their first real attempt at creating a pandemic. And just as one of its purposes then was to divert our attention from the blatantly fraudulent activities of their financial industry, more aptly to be called a financial mafia, which had become visible through the Lehman crisis, In this is also of one of their major purposes of, of this corona pandemic now. Had we taken a closer look then during the Lehman crisis, instead of blindly believing our governments, uh, government's promises that the perpetrators of those financial crimes will be held, held liable, we would have seen th uh, then that they had been looting and plundering our public coffers for decades. And we would have seen that our governments are not our governments anymore. Rather, they have been taken over by the other side through their main platform, the World Economic Forum, which had started to create their own global leaders through their Young Global Leaders Program as early as 1992 two of the first graduates being Angela Merkel and Bill Gates. And we would have understood already then what we will show you now through this proceeding. These financial crimes went unchallenged by our politicians because they're aiding and abetting those who commit them and profiting from these crimes. Four, ultimately, however, we will show to you, the jury, that the other side's main purpose is to gain full and complete control over all of us. This involves the finalization of their looting and plundering by deliberately destroying our small and medium-sized businesses, retail businesses, hotel and restaurants, so that platforms such as Amazon can take over. And this involves population control, which in their view requires both a massive reduction of the population and manipulating the DNA of the remaining population with the help, for example, of mRNA experimental injections. But it also requires, in their view, the deliberate destruction of democracy, of the rule of law, and of our constitutions through chaos, so that ultimately we will agree to losing our national and cultural identities and instead will accept a one-world government under the UN, which is now under the full control of them and their World Economic Forum, a digital passport through which each and every move is monitored and controlled, and one digital currency, which we will only be able to receive from one World Bank, theirs, of course. At the conclusion of the case, and after you have heard all the evidence, we are confident that you will recommend indictments against all six putative figurehead defendants, Christian Drosten of Germany, Anthony Fauci, the United States, Tedros of the World Health Organization, Bill Gates, BlackRock, and Pfizer. <coughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this case is about a long-planned agenda of a group of ultra-rich people and their financial mafia based in the city of London and on Wall Street to use a pseudo-pandemic as the guise behind which 
While our attention is on the pandemic, they want to complete their decades-long efforts to gain full and complete control over all of us. There are numerous platforms on which this group has been meeting and discussing this agenda, but the most important one is that of the World Economic Forum, which was invented in 1971 by a then 33-year-old Klaus Schwab. Its members are a thousand global corporations with at least five billion U.S. dollars in annual sales, politicians, media representatives, scientists, and other so-called high-profile personality. They meet once a year in Davos, but there are other such meetings, for example, in China. And since 1992, they have created and presented to us their own group of political leaders for the world. Among the first graduates, as I mentioned before, are Angela Merkel and Bill Gates in 1992. Others are Sebastian Kurz, up until recently Chancellor of Austria, Justin Trudeau, Prime Minister of Canada, Jacinda Ardern, Prime Minister of New Zealand, François Macron, President of France, and many, many more. This group, which is now called the Davos clique, is openly, the publication The Great Reset by Klaus Schwab is one of the most important sources for this information, promoting the shifting of the world's assets to this group of super-rich people so that in 2030, ordinary people will owe nothing and be happy, as it explicitly states there, under their one-world government with a digital currency given to us by their one-world bank, and they're also openly promoting in close cooperation with people like the putative defendant Bill Gates, the Rockefellers and others, the drastic reduction of the world's population and the manipulation of the remaining population's <laughs> DNA all the way into transhumanism. Okay, and it, the, the audio starts to get really wonky after that. Um, so it goes on for, I don't know, to the 18-minute mark if you want to listen to the rest. But, I, I mean, he said a mouthful. Again, I'm not going to, there's nothing really I can disagree with there. I'm, I'm, uh, I would uh, <clears throat> affirm what he's saying. It's just, the path, if, if this path is successful, if, it's this, if there's going to be this rising up against the overtly, obviously, wicked, evil cabal of the Bill Gateses and the Macrones and the Trudeaus and the Bidens and the, the people that he mentioned the you know the, the the leaders of Australia and New Zealand and I'm sure China, if, if there is going to be this mass uprising and this defeat where does that end <laughs> I think there's a higher likelihood that takes us into the new world order than the other now I could be wrong I could be wrong but um <clears throat> I think Satan would like us to go into the new world order with the vast majority of us not resisting, thinking it's wonderful. Uh, as opposed to everybody kicking and screaming, or a lot of people kicking and screaming and trying to resist it to the bitter end. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. All I can do really is speculate. But Satan's the most subtle beast of the field, so we have to kind of be on the lookout there. So, Okay, so we have that. Okay, so continuing, um, these are just some... And again, there's a lot of these. This is just a very small sampling of positive COVID pushback headlines. <clears throat> these are just headlines. There are links on here you can click on if you want to explore further. Uh, COVID's tyranny over in the UK with a question mark. The active criminal investigation forced them to stop their crimes. Then Moderna stock crashes, loses top 130 billion. Losses top, I'm sorry. 
130 billion. Stock down 67% from highs last year following lackluster COVID vaccine results. <laughs> lackluster. Yeah, just killing everybody. No big deal. Turning them into Nephilim. No big deal. Uh, Battleground in Melbourne, a Topher Field documentary. It's a whole documentary on that. Just then, just in Denmark, no longer classifies COVID-19 as a socially critical disease. All restrictions will be lifted from February 1st. Uh, the UK, Ireland, and Netherlands have taken similar approaches. <clears throat> then, Nordic County declares COVID-19 no longer... Oh, it's the same one. Just a different way of saying it. Then, protesting COVID vaccine mandates, massive crowds of Canadians show up to support the revolution. One million people marching to Ottawa to demand Prime Minister Trudeau's resignation. Yeah, and that's what's going on with the trucker thing. Um, Marvel star blasts the vaccine mandate, says nobody should ever be forced to inject their body with anything. Uh, then P24 London, England, January 22nd worldwide rally for freedom. 11-year-old Jasmine speaks about the COVID vaccines. Uh, and again, this is all part of this global freedom movement, which again, I mean, it's like I'm not opposed to it. I want the COVID narrative. I mean, I've been praying for the COVID narrative to be absolutely utterly annihilated and destroyed. But what is going to fill that vacuum if and when that happens? You know, and, and what I'm seeing is, is if this, you know, what we're just talked about in the whole last part, the caution, the cautions I'm going to give my listeners regarding what could come to occupy that vacuum. And then parents, students are taking universities to court over COVID vaccine mandates. Then these are just a. F I mean, I'm not even trying. Ultimately, at this point, it's it's too. There, there's too many. It's just too voluminous to even try to keep track of all the horror stories. These are just some of the COVID kill shot headlines. Uh, proof from the DoD's database they tried to cover up while knowingly pumping troops full of poison. Global genocide depopulation agenda afoot. <clears throat> Official data shows children are 52 more times likely to die following COVID-19 vaccinations than unvaccinated children. I mean, you know, no big deal. Just only 52 times more likely to die than unvaccinated, you know. Then high court judge decides parents do not need to know the number of kids who've died due to COVID-19 vaccine. Why? Because they're too stupid to understand the data. Uh, then white coat mafia tyranny. Dr. Betsy Eads says hospitals and doctors are getting bonuses for practicing medicine that is murdering patients. Eads says, you cannot tell me at this juncture that hospitals and doctors do not know what they're doing. Now, you have to understand, too, what, and I, and I, I know I've said this before about my blanket statements, but I haven't heard anybody talk about this. Let's say you were, you were kind of like on board initially at the start of the agenda and you thought ultimately that, you know, <clears throat> this is a noble thing and what the, what the hospitals are doing is a noble thing. And then at some point you started to realize, wow, this really isn't. But you, you went along any way to get along. I b really believe that in those cases, a person's conscience becomes seared. And I believe there's a lot of demons and devils at play that help that process along. So you could have somebody that maybe a year ago wasn't really feeling that great, and now they they got no problem injecting them, as long as they're making that money, as long as they are feel like they're part of that satanic system. They like it. Well, there's a lot of demons and devils at play here that 
you can't see. And people's consciences are becoming more sealed with a hot iron the longer they stay in this garbage, is what I think. Uh, which leads me to like this next thing, worldwide exclusive. Embalmers find veins and arteries filled with never-before-seen huge rubbery clots and parasites. These are what the embalmers are finding here. Okay, so let's listen to this little gem. Welcome to the Dr. Jane Ruby Show. I'm your host today, Dr. Jane Ruby, and I have a worldwide exclusive. I have a blockbuster revelation uh, that has come to the show that I want to share with you today. Never before seen possibly uh, results of the COVID flu bioweapon or the COVID injections. Now, uh, a certified, board certified embalmer and funeral director has come forward with some of his observations and findings that are restricted to the time period after uh, these injections have been rolled out. Uh, I, I want to introduce today uh, Mr. Richard Hirschman. Richard, I want to welcome you to the Dr. Jane Ruby Show. Thank you for being here today, Richard. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, it's it's an it's a it's an honor to speak to you. I, I you know I'm really grateful that you've come forward. You, uh, as I said, are board certified as a funeral director and an embalmer, uh, and you have over 20 years of experience in the business. You uh, and as well as your colleagues that you've consulted with and that you work with have discovered that in the last year, particularly, you are finding something very very unusual in the bodies of, of those you are putting to rest. Um, tell us a little bit about, just a, a little bit more, if I missed anything in your background before we get to the pictures that you brought forward to our producers. Sure, I, I started um, back in 2000. Oh, and I am sorry about this audio quality. I don't know, it's, it sounds like he's speaking in some type of reverberation chamber or something, but the information is so important, I don't want to not play it. Uh, but we've got about a 10 minute interview here and I, again, I apologize, but I've got no, um, I, there's nothing I can do about it. One, came board certified in 2004. Uh, I've been embalming for a long, long time. I'm currently mostly a, what you call a trade embalmer or a traveling embalmer. So I embalm for several locations. And I've been finding these strange plots and it all started, I can't put my finger on it, but probably around the mid middle of last year in middle of 2001. Okay, and let's let's get to it. Let's take a look at our first picture, which is a very long you can see this in the picture a very long clot uh, on this table and from the far left end of it it looks like a red a string blood clot, if you will, and going across. I just want to describe it for the audience. Yeah. All the way. And, to and the they're showing it on the screen. This is a literal clot he removed from a patient. You can actually see the the dead body to the right side, a little bit of it. And um, this is what they're finding in mass now. These not just this embalmer. He's going to say all of his other embalmer friends, colleagues, are finding the same thing. And I don't know if it's 60 to 80% of the patients. I, he, he says one thing and then he kind of says a different thing a little bit later, but it's over 50%. They're finding these gigantic clots and then potentially attached to these clots are parasites, as they'll talk about a little bit later. The far right, it becomes more and more uh, white and fibrous and it, it 
it bifurcates or it splits off. Yeah. Tell us how you found this. First of all, how did you come upon this? Yes, I've seen a handful of these. Um, and when I do the embalming, I have to go into the vein. And in order for the embalming process, I have to allow blood to be drained. Uh, so I actually pulled this huge, long clot, fibrous looking clot out prior to embalming. Um, and, and, and what part of the body did this come from, Richard? This one came out of from the iliac, basically right around uh, so that's sort of the groin for right for lay people that would be the groin yes okay so you're saying you pulled this and it looks like the length of the person's leg is that correct it's almost the length of the leg um i had pulled out a few other the length of the person's leg this is how i don't even know how these people are functioning i i don't I mean we're talking if you have a clot that long in an artery in the leg i don't see how they're I mean, it's hard to understand how these people are even functioning and living. And granted, a ton, a ton of people are stroking out or dropping dead from the from these clots. But when you see these things, it's it's like anything, unlike anything you've ever witnessed. Um, <clears throat> the best thing, again, I know of, and I've said this in the past regarding the protocol that i'll put up again oh and i, I also um <clears throat> i don't know if i'm gonna get to the part of it but i actually added to the covid protocol that i put at the end of every pdf a stroke protocol that i'm gonna try to go over i don't know if i don't have time to get into it today but it's something that i keep seeing reoccurring and um it is a stroke recovery protocol and it's also a protocol to open up the arteries and to um, clean out the arteries. Now, the best thing I know of regarding breaking down blood clots in particular is natokinase. It's starting with an N. It's been, natto is an enzyme that they derive from fermented soy. Now, you're not getting the bad attributes of soy. You're only getting one enzymatic component that's been used from antiquity in oriental culture um i have it as i have two discrete products um natokinase products i have now because i couldn't get the one for a, a while almost ran out and then I, I ordered a whole bunch of the one from douglas labs called i think natosin or something and so i've got two one is a backup um but that product will actually break down blood clots you take it on an empty stomach and it'll also keep the blood thinner. Now, it won't really deplaque your arteries, meaning if you had a lot of placking, which is a kind of a separate issue. The blood clots are one thing. Placking is really another thing. I'm not saying they can't be related, but I think in this particular case, relating to the COVID vaxes or maybe even being around somebody that's been vaccinated, I think it's more of a blood clotting uh, issue. Whereas placking typically takes years and years to develop. Okay, and if I can get to it today, I'll go over that info. Before this, I just so happened to like, you know, I've got to take a picture of this because nobody will believe what this looks like. Yes. The front end of it, it looks like a normal blood clot, but that white fibrous looking stuff just isn't normal. Yeah, and tell us about the character. Yeah, tell us about the characterization that you shared 
uh, on that. Uh, the red part is is a blood clot. And tell us yeah. about the texture, what happens when you squeeze it, and compared to the white part that right. goes down the rest of the leg. Tell us about the yeah. texture. Uh, Typically, a blood clot is, is smooth, um, it's blood that's coagulated together, but when you squeeze it or touch it or try to pick it up, it generally uh, falls apart, it smashes, it's very, uh, uh, you can almost, you know, squeeze between your fingers and almost get it back to blood again. But this white fibrous stuff is pretty strong, it's not weak at all. Oh my gosh. You can you can you can manipulate it. It's very pliable. It's not hard. It's very. Uh, I, it's hard to sit there and say exactly, but it's it is not normal. Um, and I don't know how anybody can live with something like this inside. No, yeah, Richard, either. tell us about the. You know, th this is anonymous. <clears throat> uh, this no names, no areas of the country, no companies, anything like that. But tell us what you came to learn about this particular uh, person's who's, person who's passed where you found this particular long clot. Yes, um, this is a person that I had um, come to find out uh, was vaccinated, um, but also had apparently contracted COVID anyway. Okay. The uh, person, um, if I recall, on this one here was released from the hospital after being died, after being tested negative. Um, okay. Yet, at the same time, then they died a few days later, uh, probably because he was full of blood clots. Right. So you shared... Sure. And you shared uh, with me when, when we chatted before the show that this you had received information from a reliable source that this person when they were when they were sent home from the hospital there was some documentation of shortness of breath difficulty breathing yes did i get that right yes from what i understand uh people were upset within the family because they released him even though he was still in bad condition yeah and it's sad it's sad yeah, Richard, I want to get back to these clots. I want to take a look at the second picture that you provided. You indicated that you actually uh, rinsed off because you'd never seen anything like this before. You're starting to see it more and more. You said it. you never saw anything like this. You've seen tons of clots, tons of, you know, growths and things like that, of course, but you've never seen anything like what we're seeing in these pictures before 2019, 2020. Uh, when this whole thing started. Um, tell us, once you washed off, this is the second picture we're looking at, where you washed it off a little bit, where you could see more clearly. Tell us about what you observed in that in that picture. Yes, what, I, what I've been finding is, is a lot of bodies have been very clotted, and oh. I started to notice, it's like, to get a view of what I, what's, what's inside of this, I could literally rinse these clots, rub the blood off of them, and this white stuff holds strong. It does not dissolve. It does. You can break it, but it's stretchy. Um, Something totally foreign and beyond abnormal to anything he's ever seen regarding him being an embalmer. Foreign to, to, to human physiology, should be.
But now, with the advent of the COVID kill shots, this is the new normal. And, and I thought maybe, you know, something's not right. I contacted colleagues of mine, and they're all seeing the same thing. This is not... Okay, so that's important what he just said. He contacted his own colleagues and they're all seeing the same thing. For, for anybody that I know. Now, before we go to the third picture you brought, I want the my production crew to hear me say this publicly. I want to give people about seven to ten seconds with a disclaimer that this could be this could be a very sensitive picture and and, and it could be uncomfortable for, for children or some some folks. So I'm giving you that warning uh, now. The third picture we're bringing up uh, does have uh, the picture of the deceased's legs and how you took out a lot of these long clots. And, and to be clear, Richard, uh, confirm for me, you did say that these are mostly you're, you're seeing them and pulling them from veins, not arteries. Is that correct? Yes, but on this one here, um, yes. I also got one out of the artery as well, which is unusual. I have here lately been pulling some out of arteries. I, I actually pulled one out of an artery last night. And all these years of experience, normally you don't get clots out of an artery unless some has been dead for several days, but this was definitely not right. the case. Because the blood moves in arteries and it can sometimes pool in veins. Um, Richard, what, was there any difference in terms of what you observed, color, consistency, whatever, from the clot, uh, this, whatever this clot thing is? I'm, I'm, it's not even a clot refers to just blood. But was there any difference in what you observed from the one you pulled from arteries compared to the ones you pull from veins? The ones I pull from veins are much larger usually. Wow. But the ones that I'm pulling out of the artery are the same type of thing. They're, they usually have that long string, uh, whitish substance to it. Um, usually a little bit of blood is attached to it. Sometimes it seems like they're intermingled. Uh, it almost seems like the white grows almost out of the blood. It, weird as that sounds um some people are calling these i call them worms because to me they represent they look very similar to worms they're, right they're but we don't we, we we don't want to mislead people to think it's it's a it's an animal like a worm you're just no, saying I, that it's I, it, it resembles one sometimes often with me it, okay it resembles it could be a parasite a worm i've never seen one move on its own these need to be put under microscopes several different ones from different bodies and they need to have studies done on what they're actually the makeup of these things are or anything like uh, okay okay uh, you're just but, yeah but it seems it, it has the appearance of like small worms i've had someone that was in the uh in the embalming room with me one night and i was it was a whole bunch of them coming out in the blood and his words were, it looks like heartworms for people. Mm. Not saying they were moving, I'm just saying. So it said it looks like they're heartworms for people. And by then, even if they were something like a heart, a parasite, they probably would have been dead. Because the parasites have to live off a living host. And obviously the person's been dead for a number of days. It's, you know, depending on the parasite, I guess, it'll die. Little stringy structures coming out of the blood. 
Now, are these structures that you're saying resemble like worm-like things, were they separate from the clot that started with the blood and then the long piece coming out of them? Usually they're together. They're yeah, attached. The was, yeah, usually they're, usually, usually I find a, a normal clot attached at one end or, or I find them intermingled in with a clot. That's why I can rinse them out and you can see the white structure yeah. Remember, there's parasites in these in the vaxes. Okay, the hydroparasites, all the I've done several studies on just or at least several parts of studies on just the parasitical component that they're viewing under a microscope. So the the parasites are a whole other aspect to the COVID kill shot that is is out there. And if if you've got that dynamic going on, it would it would make sense to see parasites in the body in some way, shape, or form as well. When you rinse them, are they separate from that long string clot? What do you mean, are they separate? Well, those those worm-like things, do they ever, are they, do you ever find them separate from the long? Yeah, I, I do, but not all the time. Most of the time, they're attached to a more traditional-looking blood clot. Oh, so horrific. Anyway, this goes on to about the 30-minute mark. If you want to, that, that's the, the gist of what I want. I mean, I've got to kind of give it to you rapid fire because there's just too much stuff to cover. And, um, it's so horrific. Now I'm going to go ahead because I'm not going to be able to get through all my, my material for today. I'm going to go ahead and give you, and, and I really believe the Lord's been convicting me about this for a little while. I didn't have a file on stroke recovery. I, I know and over the years, I've had many, many clients, patients implement what I tell them to do after they've had a stroke. Now, it'd be better just to prevent the stroke, okay, which, which whereby, you know, hopefully you're, you know, through things like EDTA chelation, whether you're doing the IV, whether you're doing oral, whether you're doing suppositories, whether you're doing, there's even a cream, a skin cream. You prevent it with that. You prevent... Um, clot formation you prevent um placking you can prevent calcium buildup and i'm going to show you how to do all that in this little file here but it's a file that was long overdue that i went ahead and put together this weekend and this is the um again it's about 30 years of my knowledge that went into basically designing the stroke recovery protocol now this would also um a, a lot of the components of this would also be preventative particularly when we get to the EDTA, but um, I, I list these supplements out. And again, whether you get them from me, whether you get them online, you know, um, the links that I provide are informational links. And I put that here. They're for, for purely informational purposes. You can't order off them, but you can know a little bit more about the products. The first one is called VasculoCert, which I'm actually going to bring in. It's from Biotics, and I'm going to bring into my line. I haven't had it in yet. They've got, I don't know, over over like 200 different products. And um, uh, I'm going to bring this one in for the stroke protocol. It's also good for a lot of other things. Really, really good overall cardiovascular product to be on for stroke prevention, for stroke um, recovery, for really any cardiovascular case. It's a good one to be on. Uh, then you've got cytosine b 
which is for the brain, it's a, a glandular basically that helps to rebuild the brain. Okay. And um, I give you the dosage here, how to take it, and this type of stuff. Then the third product I've listed is DaVinci Labs, the Natokinase Plus, uh, which you take one on an empty stomach. If you just had a stroke, you'd, you'd want to do this three times a day. You'd want to do three times a day on all these because it is critical if you've had a stroke that you implement the clinical nutrition as soon as possible. People that try to recover from strokes, um, the, the longer they wait, the more permanent the problem becomes, typically. But if you give your body the tools that it needs to repair itself. Now, granted, I understand there's a lot of things that can hinder that healing process. You know, gender, how placked up are you? I mean, are you fully vaxxed? Uh, what is your nutritional status? Do you eat a horrible diet? I mean, there's a lot of things that can, is your liver all gummed up? Uh, but these are the things. If it were me, I'm not. I'm not giving um, doctoral medical advice. I'm saying if it were me, just as a guy, this is what I would do. And um, the natokinase is is the thing that I mentioned earlier that breaks down blood clots and um, naturally thins the blood. Now you would never do natokinase with a medication blood thinner. Because you would thin the blood too much. You could take rat poison, Coumadin, um, which is the main uh, ingredient in rat poison, Coumadin. And um, you could do that, but it has horrific side effects. And it doesn't do anything about blood clots. It just thins the blood abnormally. So I, I opt for that. I do it as a preventative. I do one a day when I get up in the morning with some systemic enzymes just to start the day off because as we age, we lose our systemic enzyme pool. And I have a history in my family of um, like arteriosclerosis and placking and heart stuff um, on really both sides. So I, I just do it as a preventative. Then, then the next product I already mentioned too is the Enzyme Forte, it's the systemic enzyme product I've got. What that'll do is give the body the necessary enzymes that it needs to repair. Okay, the natokinase will get the blood flowing. The Cytosine B will get start getting the brain rebuilt. The vascular cert is just an overall really good product to support the cardiovascular system. Um, and then if the stroke was due to a weakened blood vessel, which really wouldn't be the case with the COVID, COVID thing. Normally that's a different cause but if it was you add in a really good bioflavonoid product like bio fcts from biotics which um, will help strengthen the blood vessels okay uh then if the stroke was due to placking of the arteries which is a totally different issue than uh covid vax could cause you would add in edta chelation which um would be taken until the arteries are clear the best, most cost-effective way to determine that is a Doppler ultrasound of the carotid arteries, okay? And lifeline screening, at least if you're in America, or a nationwide service that can provide these at a very low cost. They've got a whole little battery of things you can do. Very low cost, non-invasive. I'm pretty sure they don't, like, turn anything over to any kind of database. Um, you can get, like, like a lot done, like they do bone density and, and Doppler ultrasound. I think they do one where they see if you're you're uh, prone to abdominal aortic aneurysm. Oh boy, they do a whole bunch of stuff. And you can get all that done for a very low cost. And um, 
I used to have them in my office back in Fort Myers on um, Central Avenue. I'd have them come in and I'd have some patients. I didn't like it wasn't like I was getting a kickback or anything. I just did it because I had some some um, patients and I I love to have supporting medical diagnostic confirmation. You give me a whole bunch of lab work. I can't do it now because I, I can't, I don't have the time to see patients, but you give me a whole bunch of supporting like lab work and these tests back. Oh man, I'm, I'm like, I'm loving life because I know exactly what to do. Now that's the one thing where I really commend the medical profession is all the diagnostic stuff they've got where they can actually do. Now that you'll come back with a whole bunch of positive blood tests diagnostically say things are all out of range and medically they don't know what to do about it oh you need this prescription oh so you're deficient in that medication that's why your blood levels are out of range uh, and that's in, that's like saying well i keep getting chronic headaches because i have an aspirin deficiency or an ibuprofen deficiency that is not the cause all you're doing is treating the symptom there and all the drugs have side effects so you're going to create more problems and more liver toxicity no i know what to do from a diagnostic level for most for most lab work you know if it's out of range you know you need this or at least these are the things that can cause this to be high or low okay um so i loved that before when when i had that at my my disposal i'd order labs to lab core and then i'd have um, um lifeline screening come in and do those and then if they're positive oh it just makes my job so much easier can't, can't do it anymore but i i i if i was ever in practice again that's um, that's one of the things I would reincorporate back into my practice, those, those things, because I love the medical diagnostic stuff. Uh, now, if the probably the best version of EDTA, if you cannot do IV chelation, now IV chelation is super expensive, and I, I guess now it's up, up, can be up to $300 a session, you know, it takes two to three hours, you know, you got to drive there, drive back, you got to find a doctor that'll do it, only MDs will do it, and those that will do it, there are very few, because IV chelation actually, now it doesn't fix a bad diet, but it will deplaque you, it, it, it can have, it does have the potential to totally deplaque you, I know people that it has saved their lives, um, they've been very emphatic about that, people that I've talked to that have got it, um, uh, but you, you would have to look up the md like mds that do iv chelation that's like the gold standard i will say that it's also the most time consuming it's the most expensive by far it's the most hassle but if you were like 90 percent plaqued up on a doppler ultrasound on both sides of the carotids it's, it would be the ideal way to go if you could afford it and if you could find an md to do it um i used to refer people to dr uh I believe Pinkle in Naples, Florida, which was below Fort Myers, I, I would refer him. But my, I mean, the guy's expensive. I mean, <laughs> he was. Uh, anyway, there are other ways you could do it. They're slower, okay, but they're more obviously cost effective. There's, um, there's actually, uh, um, there is IV. There is um, um, metacardium is one of the things that is listed here. Let me just look at this real quick. Yeah, it's that's what I thought. It's the EDTA chelation suppository called metacardium. Now, I don't have a lot of experience with this. Um, they say it has a higher uptake because it's a suppository. You take it rectally. Um, and it's a different kind of absorption you get there. I 
can't say that I've I've had ever anybody ever come back to me and say, oh yeah, this is this is definitely the best way to go. Um, but there is that option. There are um, there's a skin cream that this company carries. I, I don't have anything to do with this. I'm giving you the links to their site if you want to research it. The, you, it's also a heavy metal detox, oral uh, detox with oral chelation, protecting yourself from lead, mercury, and other. So it's not only deplacking arteries, but it's also um, uh, really good for heavy metals to get those out of the system. Now, the one that I have used in the past is one from the Guardian of Eden. It's EDTA, certified pure, 100% natural EDTA. Um, I like to buy the canisters. Now, I will say that I give you a link to the company. I don't know if they're sold out right now or not. It's kind of been hit or miss. Uh, you can get it in a 400 gram or an 800 gram canister, and it will last you a long, long time because you don't need a ton of this. But half a teaspoon a day max, and that's pushing it. About They probably recommend about a quarter teaspoon. But what you do is, and I give you all the directions here how to take it. You know, if it was me, that's what I'd do. I'm not giving you medical advice. I'm just saying if it was me, this is what I this is what I do personally. I mean, I do do this. Like, sometimes I only do it once a week. Sometimes I'll get it in two or three. Just because of my family history, more than anything. But regarding oral EDTA chelation, once a day, if you let a quarter teaspoon to a half a teaspoon of oral EDTA sit under... Now, remember, this is... The one that I'm talking about is this one I'm pictured. If you order the kind they've got up on Amazon, I tried those... And those things will light you up. They, they, they don't, they're different. They're not the same. That one that bulk supplement sells in the white and orange bag. Ugh. It's a horrible, weird, burning taste. It's not practical. This one is very mild. Very, very mild. And it's the only one I really recommend for oral use. You, you hold each dose in under the tongue for 5 to 20 minutes or in the mouth, essentially. And if you want to supercharge it, you do five to seven drops of 99% pharmaceutical grade DMSO. I give you all the links on how to order this stuff. I don't sell it, okay? Uh, not this stuff. So I'm just giving you this information, literally totally life-saving information, potentially. I'm giving it away for free. Freely have I received, freely I give. I just, here you go. Um, I just want to see people be helped by it. Now, you swallow it at the end, and if you do it with the DMSO, you're going to have a much higher absorption rate. A little organic peppermint oil can kill the taste as well, because DMSO and this, it doesn't have the greatest taste. The process, depending on your plaque level, takes a lot of time to work with the oral EDTA route, but it can literally be a lifesaver and much cheaper than the IV chelation, which is the gold standard, and also highly recommended if you can afford it. I'll give you a link to the pharmaceutical-grade DMSO. Um, which has went up exponentially in price, but you don't need a ton of it, okay? You you could probably get by on a four-ounce bottle for a long, long time if you're only doing five to seven drops of it, okay? Uh, but boy, is it, it's, I'd say it's about doubled in price. Uh, anyway, at least the lady that I get it from on eBay. Then for the money, this is the EDTA that I'm recommending, and I give you a link here. It's health, purehealthdiscounts.com. It's a very convoluted website. I'm just warning you. They sell really, really high-grade, food-grade hydrogen peroxide. But they also sell this and a lot of other products. It's a very hard site to navigate. I give you a link. And I, and I even say in the link, you're going to have to scroll down to find the product. It's, okay, so remember, I, I'm not selling this. This is just, I'm, I'm just giving this info to, uh, so you'll have it available. Uh, now, 
The thing is, though, is this kind of oral EDTA chelation, the one I'm recommending, it will not remove calcium from your system, but it will remove other other other, other heavy metals and trace minerals and like the placking, uh, unless the placking is purely from calcium buildup. Okay. So again, being on a good trace mineral product while on any kind of chelation program is essential because it will remove some of your trace minerals. Okay, but if you have calcium buildup due to artery placking, this will not remove the calcium. Now, the stuff that I'm telling you right now was not like I've had files on EDTA and stuff I didn't. This is the updated protocol I've needed to put out for a long time because this kind of gives you the whole enchilada. Okay, the things that I was lacking or missing before in my chelation protocol, I just added in. Okay, so this just got updated yesterday. So this might be something if you had a, pro a problem in that area, you might want to print out. Now, so remember, I just said that this form of oral chelation does not remove calcium. So if you're wanting to know if you have calcium buildup in the arteries or are getting chest pains because the, the calcium can start to calcify the heart valves which can give you chest pains okay and you want to see if it's the calcium buildup that's actually in the arteries and the heart valves well here's what you could do phosphorus the, the the trace mineral phosphorus well actually the mineral phosphorus directly competes with calcium in the body okay and it can and will chelate excess calcium out of the body phosphorus will okay this can also help with tartar buildup in the teeth because that's primarily overproduction or over uh, a little too much calcium in the system. And also something that's very arthritic, osteoarthritis, not rheumatoid, but osteo, where you've got some of all these bone spurs and, and, and this type of stuff. If that, that theoretically, at least a component of that can be excess calcium in the body. So... It's kind of like a balancing act we're, we're talking here. If you want to find out, like let's say you're having chest pains and or you had a Doppler ultrasound and, and you, you found out and you're doing the chelation, but if you want to find out if calcium's a component, there's two products. And again, you, Standard Process makes uh, Phosphozyme, Phosphood, which is the most powerful one that I know of, Okay. Biotics makes a tablet though, which is really cool. And it's called Super uh, Phosphozyme. It's 90 count tablet. It's actually got a little bit of calcium in there to balance it out, okay? But it's mostly phosphorus. You take that um, twice a day, three tablets twice a day on an empty stomach, okay? Uh, now, or you can do their liquid, which is called Super Phosphozyme Liquid. I give you links to these in this thing. Two dropperfuls twice a day taken in juice on an empty stomach. Okay. Uh, if you start, if, if you were doing this protocol, let's say you were doing the EDTA for a while, the oral, and, and you're still getting, let's say you're getting still chest pains. Well, add in the phosphorus. And if all of a sudden you start to see, because phosphorus will work very quickly. If you start to see a marked decrease in chest pain, you know that it's calcium buildup in the arteries and probably on the, on the heart valves. The phosphorus will help remove that, and you don't—you really don't want to do it with food. You want it to get into the bloodstream by itself, so it can actually go and actually reabsorb the calcium. Um, you got your answer then, okay? Now I know I'm, I'm getting a little complex today. I'm just saying this can be life-saving stuff, though, for certain people. Um, 
prolonged use of the phosphorus will deplete your calcium stores. So remember, this is a balancing act. You could do this for a few weeks and then take a few weeks break if you like. Okay. Um, lastly, any form of calcium or chelation will remove trace minerals from your body. I mentioned that earlier. So it is important to take some extra trace minerals once you have been on EDTA, you know, for at least more than a month. I'd, I'd say it's, it's just like the phosphorus will deplete calcium stores. Well, EDT chelation tends to deplete. Yeah, it'll get rid of a lot of heavy metals, but it's also going to get rid of um, um, trace minerals, some of the trace minerals that you need. So um, I recommend, it's called Multimins, potent mineral combination. It comes in a 120 or 360 count from Biotics. Super good price. I don't know, you do like three a day. You know, it's good product to be on anyway. And now I don't, again, I don't carry any form of the EDTA chelation okay that i mentioned but i give you the links for that i give you the links for the dmso which i don't carry as well um but i do carry the other products that i just mentioned and i give you links where you their informational links and again whether you order it for me whether you order it whatever I'm, I'm really not taking any more new patients at the moment i mean unless you're already in my a customer database i i just i, I really can't take on a whole lot more because every time i take on a new patient it's just more time unfortunately that uh, it's getting to the point where it's just taken away from the ministry. So I'm grateful for the patients that I've got or the clients, I say, that I've got and my listeners and everything. But it's for me, it's a balancing act on that as well. And I've, I've got to uh, have the time for the ministry as well. So the Lord's been good to me. I'm not complaining. God bless all my, my listeners and those that have ordered from me and those that are praying for us. And I praise the Lord Jesus Christ for, for all of you helping us stay in the game. Um, anyway, then I get my email address there as well. So, um, let's see here. All right. All right. Next report. Now I put that in there on the stroke recovery because I don't know a better place I could put it on the heels of the video from Dr. Jane Ruby and that guy, that embalmer where they're pulling out, you know, three foot blood clots out of legs from the Vax victims. You know, and this is happening at a, at a he. I think later he he gets into the fact that it's in about eighty percent. It's either sixty or eighty percent of the people he's doing autopsies on, which is telling me that most of the people that he's getting these clots from, that are that most of the people that are dying, I should say, are the ones that are vaxxed. Because you're not going to have these kind of clots unless you unless you got the COVID kill shot. You, you being around somebody as an unvaxxed person, you're not going to get that. Okay, you're not, you're not getting all the graphene oxide from the shot. You're not getting all that stuff that's going to cause your all the parasites that are directly causing this or and or the graphene oxide that are causing these gigantic, huge, life-ending blood clots in the body. So, in other words, the vast majority of people that are dying are the vaxxed ones. That was another thing you could infer from watching the whole video. I just couldn't, I didn't have the time to play it all. Now, along these lines, this next uh, video, vac, vax victims overflow morgues. Bodies fill morgues, overflow into refrigerated trailers. The Chinese Communist Party virus vaccines are depopulating the planet. Life insurance, com life insurance companies have already reported a 40% spike in death. And now they're giving us their financial figures, showing a 258% spike 
in payouts and mass and the mass extermination of the human race continues. Corey Lund is a registered nurse who has been one of our top whistleblowers regarding events unfolding in the hospitals. Um, back in September, she told us how hospitals were vaccinating sedated elderly patients without their consent. Now, Corrine says she's seen the inevitable sequel to that surge, the die-off of the vaxxed. Corrine says that there are so many bodies that the local morgues have overflowed and they have put extra trailers into their parking lots. She says people are dying of myocarditis, atrial fibrillation, strokes, respiratory failure, every ailment you could think of, and they're all brain, brain and heart clot related. So again, it really, really, so much of the time, it's boiling back to these clots. And again, the best thing and, and that you could do to prevent the clots, okay, especially if you, the vaxxed, is the natokinase. The, the, and again, wherever you get it, get it, do it on an empty stomach. And, you know, if you're, if you're leery about that, da, da Vinci Labs, the one I carry, I carry one from um, Douglas Labs. And that is by far the best way that I know. Of to, but again, when you're dealing with a bioweapon and you're dealing with something that's vax and they're loaded with graphene oxide, I'm not even 100% sure how much the natokinase is going to prevent that. I mean, you're, you're, these people are like playing Russian roulette and it's a horrible thing that their body's trying to cope with. Corrine Lund is a registered nurse who's been one of our top whistleblowers here on the Stu Peters show regarding events unfolding in our hospitals. Back in September, she told us how hospitals were vaccinating sedated elderly patients without their consent. Last month, she told us how, thanks to our self-inflicted staffing shortages at hospitals, elderly patients were being left in their own fecal matter and urine as overworked nurses struggled to keep up. She told us about doctors and nurses clearly discriminating against unvaccinated patients in their level of care. And it was horrific the things that she reported these nurses were saying to each other at these nursing stations. And most frightening of all, she told us about a huge surge in strokes, heart attacks, deep vein thrombosis ever since this vaccine rolled out. Well, now Corinne says that she's seeing the inevitable sequel to that surge, the die-off. Corinne says that there are so many bodies piling up that the local morgues have overflowed and they now have to put extra bodies into trailers in the parking lot at the hospital. She says that people are dying of myocarditis, atrial fibrillation, strokes, respiratory failure, every ailment that you can think of, and they're all brain, heart, and clot related. Weird. Corinne Lund joins us now. Corinne, thank you so much for taking the time to be here. I'm sorry, he read that same. I didn't realize that was his opening intro. I, I read that before he did. Thank you, thank you for having me. So just as we um, predicted, the bodies are piling up. Now you worked in the hospital the entire time from the beginning of this pandemic. Did you ever see an uptick in deaths then from the so-called virus? No, I did not. Uh, for for. The first year of this pandemic, I was working as house supervisor, which um, uh, enabled me to look at these these uh, deaths in the morgue. It was part of my duty to uh, ensure throughput of the decedents. And uh, I didn't see any change at all for that first, that first full year. Um, I was called for funeral homes. They'd pick the patients up within one or two days. There was no problem. Our, our uh, funeral, our, um, our morgue bay holds three gurneys in the refrigerator. One of the gurneys is a double-decker. 
So you can say that we have a, a four uh, decedent capacity, four morgue babe capacity. Um, and nobody really said anything about the morgue. Nothing was going on. But about four months ago, uh, we I received an email that we were getting new equipment. And uh, there was going to be a go-to person from another part of the uh, the, the system. And uh, this go-to person was uh, requesting a daily a daily uh, report of how many bays were full in the morgue and how many we could uh, put in, how many empties. Uh, so what happened initially was uh, they ordered another double-decker gurney. So we have two double-decker gurneys, and they essentially turned a, a three-bay morgue into a five-bay morgue overnight. And I thought, yeah, that's kind of odd. But I didn't really pay much attention to it. I did think that it was kind of odd, too, that I suddenly had to report how many morgue bays were, were in use and how many we had empty. That, that was kind of a, a strange thing for me um, to report. And then, uh, honestly, um, after a while, we got another report that they, they were going to put a trailer into our parking lot at the front entrance of the hospital, which has been closed off to the public since the pandemic. Um, so this trailer showed up, and one week later, this trailer has a 10 morgue bay capacity. It, it, it's already full. It's already up to nine patients as of this week. It's only been a week. And these patients are being uh, brought in from the other facilities uh, that are in, in this hospital system. And uh, the other facilities, one of them has a 10-bay uh, morgue. The others have like five and three. Um, but what's happening is there's an uptick in, in deaths across the system to the point where they're having to put this, this morgue in the parking lot to facilitate the patient's throughput. Um, it, this is unheard of. I've never, I mean, suddenly there, there, people are, are dying. And I think this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. This just started. It's only been up for a week. Well, it's not a surprise and, to any of us. And we've been reporting that this was going to happen. This is massive organ failure. This is a you know antibody-dependent enhancement. All of the things that they tell you are side effects that they've now had to admit are side effects that are commonly known as being side effects. These are the things that these people are dying of. So clearly we can, you know, we have critical thinking abilities here. We can say that these people are more than likely dying from these shots. There's nothing else that has changed in the community. How long are these bodies staying in the trailer? Obviously, loved ones, family members, they have funeral preparations and ceremonies and you know celebrations of life and things like that happening. So how long are they staying there and then being replaced by new dead bodies? Well, it, it's taking funeral homes one to two days, maybe three days to pick them up. They're, they're trying to make this a, a rapid event. And uh, there is a... a, a a backup funeral uh, delivery system, if you would, that comes and picks patients up if they don't have a family home, a, a funeral home picked. Um, so they are, they're staying maybe two, three days in the trailer. Uh, what would happen to is, you if your hospital facility knew that you were here on the program talking I, about I, this? I, I'm sure I would be <laughs> reprimanded. I'm sure, um, maybe even fired. Um, this is really kind of uncomfortable for me, but it's something that I think that everybody needs to know that, um, there is an uptick in deaths um, th where I work in this in this part of the country. Th there's a very high vaccination rate. So the patients that are dying off are are vaccinated. It's not just and they're all saying the same thing. They're, they're blaming it on the Omicron, which <laughs> really disturbs me because as a nurse, when I'm dealing with my patients, I see the COVID results as positive or negative. They're they're either detective or de not, they're not detected. Right. Nowhere does it say Omicron or you know, 
Omega or Omega. As we've said, that's a total scam. They're not they're not checking for variants. They're not checking for Delta or Omicron. Or, that's a total lie. Straight from the pit of hell. Has no bearing. And like I said, there's 50, was 57 things I went over in a previous study that will check you positive for it. And none of them has anything to do with COVID, some, some COVID-19 thing that they don't check for. A lot of other things will check you positive. And then if they ramp up the cycling on the PCR test, that'll, that'll just give you a false positive. If you, if you're, you know, that by itself alone can. So there's a lot of ways they're, they're, um, scamming the system there another kind of variant that they're coming up with so the fact that they're 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 blaming this on an omicron variant it's just just very disturbing to me now how can can anybody say that how can any of my colleagues turn around and say hey yeah it's the omicron how how do you know i don't know how does anybody know this is just really disturbing Mm -hmm. the um the vaccinated patients are dying off it's pure, it plain is. and simple. Uh, we know that the, the the PCR test, the failed PCR test, the recalled PCR mm-hmm. test, has a ninety seven percent false positive rate. I mean, that's unbelievable. It's unheard of. Why would we still be using something like that? And then there's no specific test, to my knowledge. You're the RN. You can tell me. Is there a specific test to differentiate between COVID nineteen, Delta, Omicron, any of those things? No, and and that's the thing that's very disturbing to me. It it, it says that COVID nineteen is either detected. Or not detected, period. And everybody's getting the same lab results, so I cannot understand why my colleagues are telling me that there's an Omicron variant that's killing people off. Now, we have it's scientists just- that come on this program and other experts, doctors, analysts, things like that, who have told us that viruses burn down. Naturally, that's what they do. They get weaker until they're ultimately eventually just gone. The Omicron variant, although, be it we're told, is spreading more rapidly, it's also very weak and it's not life-threatening like other variants supposedly we have told were uh, i don't believe any of this nonsense i think it's all complete garbage i think the whole thing is a lie and the people responsible for perpetuating this big lie uh, ought to be fried i think that's what should ultimately end up happening but let's just entertain this for a minute if viruses burn down how can omicron be blamed for all of these deaths corinne it can't i mean critical thinking come on it, it can't be and uh, and again how do we know this we are not testing for variants we aren't i, I don't you know, I just it's it's that's what's very disturbing to me that I feel like um, my colleagues are dumbing down. They're just walking lockstep with whatever the CDC says. So let's just a big oh. takeaway here. Let's just talk about the facts. The fact is you were a house supervisor at this hospital throughout the entire first year of the pandemic. You saw no uptick in deaths. People weren't dropping over, clutching their chests, stop breathing in the supermarket. We weren't stepping over dead bodies piled up like cordwood in the middle of the streets. The thing didn't kill everybody like the media told us that it was going to, like the government told us it was going to. That just didn't happen. Uh, And the reason why the hospital system broke wasn't because it was over flooded with dying and critical COVID patients, but it was our own self-inflicted hospital system breaking which was we required these shots of everybody so they either cannot perform the duties anymore because they're injured or dead or they quit in the face of these mandates because nurses and educated people knew that these shots were going to kill people and now we do have a huge uptick in deaths and the cause of death is this atrial fibrillation and myocarditis and strokes and clots and other heart issues which we all know are common side effects of the shots so point blank the overflow of bodies at the morgue that has now resulted in refrigerated trailers at the front entrance mm-hmm. of hospital buildings are full of people who were killed by the shots, period. Mm-hmm. 
period. That is correct. That's, you know, I, I can't come up with another explanation. And we did not have this before. Now, suddenly, suddenly we do. Well, um, I know that you said that you're uncomfortable being here, but that you felt like you needed to. You're not even asking for us to protect your anonymity, which I think is incredibly brave. And it just tells us where your priorities lie. We need to save lives. People need to be aware of this. The gig is up. The game is over. The lights are on. No more darkness. The shots are killing people. Corinne Lund, I'm out of time. Thank you so much for coming. We really appreciate it. Can I say one quick thing? Yes, the National course. Guard. The National Guard is here to uh, to uh, help with alleviate the over the overcrowding of the hospitals. I just want to let the general public know that for the past two decades, hospitals have been running at and above capacity. So this is ridiculous, and they're putting them in very public places. For um, they're putting them out in the parking lot and at the front end of the emergency department to answer phones. I don't see how that's going to alleviate alleviate any kind of overflow. It's but for optics. That's what this is. It it's is. just to make it look like there is a crisis, but the crisis is manufactured. It's man-made. And by the way, I don't want to confuse people with capacity. You said that hospitals have been working at overcapacity for a year or two years. That is not for because... Two, for, no, for two decades. For two decades. I've been okay. in, and, and this and is not because every room is full. That's not what you mean by capacity. That means that there are is only enough healthcare workers that can provide for a certain amount of people. Is that right? I mean, Correct. you walk into a hospital, Correct. you're not seeing every bed full and there's just nowhere right. to go. Uh, right. It's because we don't have the workers there to do it. And that's because mm -hmm. we're mandating these dangerous shots for the people who yes. we asked to be on the front lines and be subjected to God knows what before we knew anything about all of this in the first place. It's a yes. big pandemic. It's a big scam. It's the biggest hoax ever. And the people responsible for it should be indicted, tried and fried. Corinne Lund, thank you again very much for being thank here. Thank you. Thank you very much. Right, nobody else is going to do this. We have to blast this message out everywhere. Full transparency, blowing up the narrative on these shots is incredibly important. We have to save lives. Christopher Key is doing that. Vaccine-police.com. Please go there right now and help fund this organization. Vaccine-police.com. They're putting up billboards in major metropolitan areas. He's driving around in a Ford Mustang with vaccine police all over it. The death toll on the back window, red-pilling people who have no idea because of the dishonest media. Seriously, there are people going about their days who have no idea that these shots... He's are showing one of these billboards, vaccines kill. I mean, gigantic billboard, vaccine dash, the dash symbol, police.com. ...are dangerous bioweapons that are killing people. Vaccine police are making people aware of that, and they need funding just like everything else. It's a cause that actually means something. It's moving the ball, and it's making a difference. Billboards up everywhere. Christopher Key in front of lawmakers causing scenes, actually, because that's what we have to do, in front of these lawmakers, hospital administrators, with these pharmacists that are injecting your loved ones with this bioweapon, because everybody's got loved ones that didn't listen to you, don't you? Make them aware through other means. Billboards and other things as well. The cars, all of it. That's what the Vaccine Police does. Please help us fund it. Vaccine-police.com. Again, vaccine-police.com. Okay, so we have that. And um, the next little video, man in car wreck put on ventilator. Wakes up, and put on ventilator he didn't need to be on. He's in a car wreck. Wakes up and pulls it out, and then before they killed him. You cannot trust these hospitals. They are actively trying to kill people. In order to get that total of that hundred grand that they'll get if they can say, oh, you're a COVID-19 death. You know, we put you on all the drugs and we put you on the ventilator and now you're dead. Because I'm, I'm telling you, there's a lot of devils and demons at play here. And the more people go along with this agenda, the less problem they have keeping on doing this exact thing. So let's just listen to what he has to say. Hey there. My name is Ben. <clears throat> Two days ago, 
I was in a car crash. This is just my car. It rolled. I don't know what happened. Um, I w uh, came to. The car was back on all four wheels. The, uh, you know, all the glass in the car was blown out. Oh, I got wow. cut up. Yeah, yep. she's showing his forehead. It looks like they shaved his head. Uh, I don't know if those are staples in his head. He's definitely got a whole bunch of, um, uh, looks like sutures in his forehead. Looks like they might have shaved his head. It looks like he's got all kind of staples in his head. So, this, I mean, it's pretty legit what he's talking about here, it looks like. All around, nothing serious. I was awake and aware that I, I couldn't open the car door. Within 10 minutes, EMT arrived and injected me with something. And I said, no, 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 no. No, and they're like, oh, just going to sedate you, boss. I woke up eight hours later somehow with a vent. Ventilator. So they injected him with something that knocked him out. He was, he was conscious. You know, he wasn't complaining about, oh, I'm in agony. Put me out. No, they just went ahead and did it. Because evidently now the EMTs are are in on it as well. At least some of them are. And the and let's face it, the sooner they can start this process and get you knocked out and get you on a ventilator and get that COVID nineteen diagnosis, the the sooner you're dead, the sooner they get paid. It's a brave new world that we're living in here. A mechanical ventilator, IV catheter, whole nine yards. I instinctively, without even thinking pulled out the vent there was no aid in this room with me pulled out uh, the IV pulled out the catheter which was horrendous oh and oh. I found my shorts which had been cut off me and I covered my junk because I was naked and I walked to the door and I opened it and staff was sitting there and I said why did you vent me and the, the staff freaked out. They couldn't believe I was awake. Um, they followed me back into the room. I sat on the bed and I said, what drugs did you give me and why am I vented? And one of the nurses said, you have COVID. Oh, yeah. So he instantly had to go on a ventilator. I mean, this just shows you how satanic these slime bags are. Where they're, I mean, the guy's eight hours later, he's on a vent. That should be something like end stage. No, the guy didn't come in there with lung issues. He didn't come in there with COVID issues. This shows you how premeditated this mass genocide is and how little of a problem so many people in the medical pharma cartel hospitals have in implementing this satanic final solution. And I said, even if you tested me, po tested positive for COVID, if I tested positive for COVID, a vent is... Which, again, the, anything could do that. I mean, you know, all they got to do is run, ramp the cycles up on the PCR test, give you a nice positive test. Well, oh, here you go. There's our meal ticket. There's our next victim. Last resort for someone who cannot breathe on their own. Yeah, exactly. They just looked at each other. Like, what do we do? What do we say? I said, what drugs did you put me on? What was coming through that IV? And they said, propofol, propofol, fentanyl, morphine. Fentanyl? And I was like, fentanyl? The thing that's killing everybody around the country because they're like lacing the, 
I mean, literally was like a designed to be uh, like a large animal tranquilizer. Literally, they're lacing it like in the crystal meth and the cocaine, and it's kill. It's like one of the number one causes of death in America. Fentanyl, morphine. When the guy never even needed any of it at all. This shows you, you have got to be, I mean, whatever you do, try to stay out of these kill zones, which are called the hospitals. You know, God forbid a guy like this that didn't have anybody like a family advocate to come that actually was in the know to try to intervene on his behalf. I, I mean, this is how satanic things are now. Over the top. Satanism, if you ask me, is what this this is. Pure evil. Why? What? Like, you were going to kill me on that machine. You were going to leave me there. They just looked at each other. I go, I, I want all the paperwork. I want everything that's been done to me and who authorized it. They didn't give it to me. I demanded a lawyer. This guy's literally smoking a cigarette while he's doing this interview. I don't think his lungs could have been too bad in shape. I doubt he'd be able to smoke a cigarette if he truly needed a ventilator after eight hours after being in a car accident. I need a lawyer now. I'm leaving this place. They argued with me for 45 minutes. And then uh, once I could uh, show them that I could produce urine, they found some old raggy hospital clothes and gave them and took me to a door which was not glass sliding door it didn't even look like a hospital this is in flagstaff they they airlifted me from about an hour away. i'm assuming flagstaff arizona i was under from the time i was injected that's so at evil. the site of the crash it, it's almost like oh car accident victim we're the process starts now we're gonna get the needle in his arm we're gonna knock him out Death is on its way. You're on the death train. Unless by some, like, literal, miraculous act of God, there's no way the guy should have woke up. If he was on fentanyl and morphine and that other drug, he should have been gonzo land and, and just shutting down just from those horrible drugs they were putting him on. I mean, I've, I've had some surgeries and a long time ago, like on my knee, I remember the one where I got the the uh my anterior cruciate surgery in my left knee and i can remember coming out and being on morphine and thinking i hate this i can still feel the pain now that's me i'm not saying everybody but i can't do anything i'm helpless i was fully aware of it really didn't do much for my pain i did far better on like tylenol 3 or codeine or, or a lot lower level stuff than I ever did on that morphine garbage. And we're talking, that's just one of the devil drugs they put this guy on. It's an absolute miracle from God he woke up. And I somehow miraculously... Miraculous, yeah. ...came to mm -hmm. and immediately took everything out. Wow. I'm trying desperately to get a hold of Del Big Tree or Alex Jones or... Mike Adams or anybody that has... I hope he gets on one of these platforms. ...a platform to share my story. It's this was just three days ago. This happened. That's the, the date of the video is February 4th. I want to do it while I still have this. Right. I just sent Meaning all the, all the scars and the staples in his head. He wants to do the interview while he's still got all the evidence and proof that he just got out of the ER and they did this to him.
for medical release forms. We'll see what's on that. They got a hold of a family member somehow, even though they didn't have my ID, and I was tagged as John Doe. <laughs> you devils. They told my family that I had a broken nose. I haven't blown my nose once since I left there. There's no blood. There's no swelling. There's no, you know, there's just the same kind of uh, junk that's all over from the glass. Why would they tell my family that my nose was broken and that I had, quote, acute pancreatitis, which, from what I've read, is extremely painful and a progressive illness? They just totally lied about his diagnosis in order to justify all the wickedness and evil. They were. It's, it shows you how stinking premeditated these Satanists are. I, I, I call them, even if they're not, they, they are doing... They're, they're, they're satanic in how they're trying to kill these people. I've never had a stomach ache. I've never had any pain from my pancreas. They said nothing to my family about me being bent up for COVID, but that's what they told me. I think that they had no intention for me to ever wake up. Nope. That I would have been classified and counted as someone that died of COVID. I've, I've been telling you about this for over, I don't know, at this point, a year and a half, since COVID even became two years, how they, they, they'll take a car accident victim and they'll say, oh, yeah, you, uh, you've got COVID, even though they don't. Our fake, garbage, unreliable PCR test says so. We're going to put you on all these drugs like remdesivir, which kills you in you know short order, and then all the other drugs, and then when you really go downhill and you're knocked out and you don't know what's going on anyway because they've got you on all kind of other stuff, probably to keep you knocked out, then we'll put you on a vent and then we'll kill you because we get, we get incrementally paid more and more and more the more we do to kill you. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, in hellfire, I can't imagine the reward for these people that have no problem doing this because their conscience is seared with a hot iron over and over again just to make that money. I hope that blood money's worth it, but it's going to be hard spending that blood money in eternal hellfire. That's all I, I mean, that would be my biggest message to them. But that's just me. I'm funny that way. But in the hospital. And as you can see, I mean, everything works. I just walked right. three miles today. He walked around. Um, I was not in. I mean, his head's tore up, but he looks like he's completely, I mean, you know, functioning. No surgery. They could have vented me if there was a pretty heavy-duty surgery, for sure. No surgeries were performed. <laughs> you have COVID. Mm. Please get this out for me. I've written to everyone and I've I've received no replies. It's only been a couple of days, but I'm freaking out as you can I'm sure you can understand. I sincerely need this story to be heard. Thank you so much and I'm so happy to be alive. I can't believe I woke up. Thank you. You need to get saved, man. Cuz I I mean I didn't really hear any indication of that, but yeah, that's why I'm playing this. I had a lot of my listeners send me this. And uh just yet one more one more piece of evidence that, you know, on top of the massive mountain of evidence we've presented you in the last couple years on this COVID-19 global genocide, premeditated, scamdemic um, agenda, you know? And the last story, I'm going to try to get this in. Listener nurse comment. Um, th this is a, um, a listener who is also a nurse. 
She asked me, have I seen this presentation from a frontline nurse to a Senate hearing? I've been working with COVID patients on high flow oxygen demand since the pandemic began in March of 2020. I can tell you that every word she speaks is truth. I'm suffering right now with grief and despair over what is happening in our healthcare system. Please join me in prayer against the isolation and medical malfeasance that is occurring for COVID positive patients in our hospitals across. And again, COVID positive is, you know, it's so easy, you know. Whatever way the wind blows, whatever way they want to cycle the the little test, whatever thing it's detecting on there, you know, that's going to get you COVID positive. The withholding of early intervention and the administration of harmful drugs like remdesivir is literally killing people who seek hospital care. And she goes on to say, please pray for my protection as a nurse practitioner student that her father sends legions, legions of angels to hide my vaccination status for clinical placement. Well, I, I will say that that's yes, but the thing is, is that you're in a corrupt system and eventually something's going to give and eventually I don't see how he's going to hide people in the corrupt, wicked, satanic medical system forever. I'm just saying, I, I don't, I don't see how that's possible. Um, now, but she says, I desperately want to finish school and give people a Christian choice for health management without pharmaceuticals. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. I'm, I'm with you. That's what I've done for 30 years okay i get i get that it's just i don't see how that's going to occur it, it here's the thing the bible says that the foundations be destroyed what can the righteous do the absolute total bedrock of the medical pharma cartels is corrupt from the very beginning reference the john d rockefeller five minute video that i played how he was the one that brought that in and brought chemical pharmace pharmaceuticals into the modern day medical system I don't know how you undo that. I don't know how you take something that was corrupt from the beginning. Now, I'm not saying that emergency medicine isn't great or the diagnostic aspect, the things I've mentioned, okay? I'm, not, I'm just saying, though, there is such a corrupt aspect, though, from the very inception. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And that's the problem I, I'm trying to wrap my head around, is how are you going to make that right if it's corrupt, if it's based out of pharmacia, which is the root word for sorcery, if the people all at the top of the food chain there are literal Luciferians and Satanists, how are we going to make that wonderful and good? I, I, I just, I don't see from a biblical sense how it happens. I, I'm not being mean to her or anybody. I'm just, I'm, I'm bouncing my feelings regarding the whole subject. I'm just kind of putting them out there. Um, but I know there's a, a ton of good people in the medical profession, and that's what's so agonizing about the whole thing. So let me go ahead and play this brief video here, and then we're going to have to wrap it up for tonight. Uh, this is about an eight-minute video here of, of this nurse before a Senate hearing here. Thank you, Senator, for giving me an uninterrupted... Okay, so she's talking to Senator Ron Johnson, this nurse opportunity to represent the harm that is coming to the patients in the American hospitals and the lack of early intervention. My name is Nicole Sirotek. I'm a registered nurse. I've been a registered nurse for over a decade. My specialty is critical care, trauma and flight. Um, since the start of the COVID pandemic, I've actually been rebranded, I guess you can say, as a leading expert in early intervention strategies executed on a large mass scale using the FLCCC protocol, as well as um, 
ventilator or COVID patient ventilator protective strategies to optimize uh, COVID patients on the ventilators. My story actually begins back in May of 2020. I was one of the original nurses that went to NYC to help with the COVID pandemic because as we remembered, they needed nurses. And most importantly, they needed ventilators. Well, I was the whole package, a flight nurse that can manage ventilators. And when I arrived there, um, the gross negligence and the medical you know, malfeasance that happened in there and the complete medical mismanagement of these patients is what had led up, has led us to the situation that we're in right now. The pandemic and the hysteria that was created from poor public health measures and poor execution of appropriate early intervention strategies and the handicapping of medical professionals doing their job has led to where we are right now and into the crisis situation that we are in. I will use several key case studies that will represent larger uh, descriptive statistical information for what I'm going to speak of. But when I was in New York, and what continues to happen today is that many of them are not dying from COVID. Now, many people don't know about me is that I'm actually a master's prepared biochemist and I have worked extensively with the HIV uh, virus tracking um, genetic mutations. So I feel very comfortable going toe to toe with some of these doctors here, although I am not a doctor, I'm just a nurse. But what we saw in these front lines, we knew what was happening. And when we asked for the ibuprofen, they said, no, it was contraindicated. When we asked, like, why aren't we giving them steroids? Oh, well, it's not, we we're just following orders. Following orders has led to the sheer number of deaths that has occurred in these hospitals. I didn't see a single patient die of COVID. I've seen a substantial number of patients die of negligence and medical malfeasance. Um, when I was on the front lines of New York, I'm unfortunately known uh, globally viral as the nurse that was in the break room sobbing, saying that they were murdering my patients. The pharmaceutical companies had gone into those hospitals and decided to um, practice, I guess you can say, on, on the minorities, on the disadvantaged, on the marginalized populations that we know that we had no advocates for because the very agencies that should have been protecting them were closed because we were sheltering in place. Now, while I was there and I saw that the pharmaceutical companies were rolling out remdesivir onto the patients, I tried to get a hold of the IRBs. I tried to get a hold of my appropriate chain of command. I tried CMS, I tried Department of Health. And they rolled out remdesivir onto a substantial number of patients for which we all saw it was killing the patients. And now it's the FDA approved drug that is continuing to kill patients in the United States. As nurses, we've co collected a statistical or descriptive amount of information that you may not get from the doctors because for more they do quantitative data, we do qualitative data with a humanistic phenomenological approach in nursing research. And so we've collected the data from all of these patients across the country from which we have been helping patients because I formed the organization American Frontline Nurses and the Advocacy Network so nurses could advocate for these patients. And all of this data pool shows that as these patients get remdesivir, they have a less than 25% chance of survival if they get more than two doses. Now they're rolling it out on children as well and into the nursing homes or skilled nursing facilities as early intervention when as Dr. Pierre Corey and Dr. Merrick have already demonstrated that there are cost-effective medications out there and we are going to see the amplification of death across our country. And we haven't even touched on the vaccines for which all of our expert panels have already very well 
describe that situation, so I won't touch on that since many of them are by far superior to me than, than even I could ever hope to be. But I can tell you that two days ago, I, f I flew out my first 10-year-old with a heart attack, and I had to fight the doctor in the ER because he's like, 10-year-olds don't have heart attacks. And I argued back and forth for 30 minutes to force his hand to get an EKG to find out that he was had almost a complete STEMI, which is ST-elevated myocardial infarction, for which you could see it lit up on the 12-lead EKG. And he's like, well, that's not possible. And I'm like, well, he was just vaccinated yesterday. It is very much possible. At any given time, people are getting a hold of me you and- know, I read you all, I've been reading you the reports on all the myocarditis and heart attacks and stuff out that are happening to children now that are getting this. I mean, again, it's just, they don't need it. It's wicked. It's evil. It's going to kill them. They've got, you know, like this 99.99% survival rate regarding if you even believe in COVID-19 at this point. Uh, and I, I don't mean the, the vaxxed shedding the bioweapon. I think that's very real. But, you know, all the kids dropping dead of myocarditis, all the athletes dropping dead of heart attacks and myocarditis and blood clots on the fields. You know, it's just now there's more evidence right there she's getting into. The nurse advocates at American Frontline Nurses to help advocate because as you've seen, there is victim shaming that it does. Oh, it's anxiety. Oh, it's this. But in actuality, anxiety. if they put down that it was a vaccine injury, the physician, the corporation, the hospital, the clinic, they actually won't get reimbursed. So it gets labeled as anxiety or neuropathy or Guillain-Barre syndrome when in actuality it's very realistically a vaccine injury. Now I'm not, uh, even though I founded American Frontline Nurses, I've traveled extensively to South America, India and South Africa working in hot zones, stopping the spread of the virus and working with early intervention. And nowhere in those countries, in developing nations, do I see these issues that we see here in the United States. It's actually, I'm a very proud American citizen. I come from a family of immigrants, and my mother told me that the United States is the, the best country in the world, though granted I am biased being an American. And our level of healthcare has been deteriorated to substandard third world nation healthcare, whereas I tell people you are better off in South America in a field hospital than you are in level one trauma designer hospitals in the United States. As nurses, we are getting reports across the country from our American frontline nurses about patients not getting food, patients not getting water. How come a patient hasn't been fed in nine days? Why do I need to get a court order to force a hospital to feed a person who isn't intubated and who's literally telling you they would like food? Oh, well, you can't take your BiPAP mask off. Well, that's what us nurses are for. We're going to help you take that off and we're going to help you eat, but we're not allowed to. If you know if they're on a ventilator, they're not getting basic standards of care. I've had patients that haven't been bathed, haven't been fed, haven't been given water, haven't been turned. And if you ask me, this isn't a hospital, this is a concentration camp. That's right. Absolutely it is. Amen. Nowhere in the United States do we isolate people for hundreds of hours at a time with no human contact. It's not even allowed in the prisons. You are not allowed to isolate a prisoner for beyond a certain extensive amount of time because it is, again, it is horrible for their mental health and is considered inhumane. However, in these hospitals now, we're allowed to isolate patients from their families for days and you have to say goodbye to them over an iPhone as Jennifer Bridges has just demonstrated to us or she has to shuttle people in to see. 
And personally, I was fired for sneaking a Hispanic family in to say the last rights to their family. And so thank you, Senator Johnson, for giving nurses the opportunity to come and represent our patients, because as you can see, we're not often thought of as uh, leading professionals, though we are the missing link between the doctors and the patients. So thank you so much for this time. Thank you for being a nurse. So we have that. And um, uh, <clears throat> that is all I've got for today. I've, I've, I've uh, fit about as much as I can fit into a uh, two-part teaching there. Now, what I did is, and I, this is a work in progress, I also revamped and updated my COVID protocol. Uh, I'm just, I'm trying, I, I see little things in there I'm not including. Um, I added the stroke protocol in. Uh, a lot of, the, I mean, if you looked at it, oh, I don't know, six months ago as to what it is now, it's, it's a lot of extra information in there. I'm trying to cover more bases. The stroke thing is, is, has been a big issue. A lot of people have been asking me about that. So that will be in there permanently now. And um, you can avail yourself to that. So God bless you. And Lord willing, we will see you in the next audio.